Hey, fellow heroes, this is Arish Rivers, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. We've got some awesome stuff for you ahead. But before we dive in, I want to address a quick question we've been getting a lot, and it's actually how to start your own podcast. So where we started was with Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me break it down really fast. It's free. The creation tools that are inherent to the platform allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will handle the distribution so your podcast gets heard on Apple, uh, Spotify, on Google, lots of different places. And then if you want to monetize your podcast, you can actually make money from it with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to get started with Anchor, just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Super simple, free, everything you need. So hopefully that sums it up for you guys. But with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the awesome stuff we have planned for you today. And uh, again, thank you for tuning in to the Ad Hero Podcast. Let's go for it. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to OpenDisplay.com for a free account to get started. This is the Ad Hero Podcast. The podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, AdSymbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. All right, greetings, fellow heroes. This is Erish with the uh, uh, Ad Hero Podcast. I'm here with my fellow leaders of the league. Jim Giovanni. And Matthew Olivieri. (laughs) Right on. I know, right? And again, you're back here with another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. We're oh, actually we're live streaming. Yeah, doing this what up, live. Facebook? Facebook, how you doing out Coming there? Coming at you. <laughs> so, uh, so if you guys are watching live, uh, you're you're in for a treat because you're going to get the unedited raw dog version of this. Not that we have too much editing in the first place. Right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Real professional operation we have running over here. Uh, well, we have some we have some amazing guests today. We're very very lucky to have them on because they're extremely busy, having just sold their first film to a major studio. Woo! Give it up. <laughs> yes. Who do we have on the show today? Everybody, today we have the gentlemen of Thunder Kane Productions. We have Mark Underhill and Matt Kane. So you know? what's up, everybody? I want to make sure I got that right. Yeah. yeah. If you're watching, they're right there. Not <laughs> right. here. They're there where, where is there by the way for our listening and viewing audience there is uh, in silver lake los angeles so los east, angeles LA. <laughs> how long have you guys been out there mm, i've lived here for eight years and i uh met mark right after i moved here he had been here for one year so i've been here nine years yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah so at, at this point you you guys aren't even transplants now like you're just angelinos essentially yeah. right yeah 
it does feel that way. Yeah, I don't really sound like one, but yeah, it yeah. Like, it's not official official until Matt ditches the accent. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Can you do an an American accent? Um. Yeah, I just pretend to be a Brit. I I, I mostly talk like this. <laughs> oh, this is that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've just got to pretend I'm from the UK in order to uh, hold people to take me more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Give you more money that way. Oh, it's ball meetings. Oh, he's British. Just sign the check. Yeah, the we, best actors in the world. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so from some context here, uh, I have a humble little brag. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting both these gentlemen at Cinequest earlier this year, where we were a uh, title sponsor, checked out the film that they recently sold, uh, was so blown away by it that I had to rush up to meet them afterwards. They probably thought, oh, who's this, who's this fanboy uh, in line with all, everyone, you know, beating, trying to beat through the grass. But really in reality, I was just, uh, I was really blown away by how um, creative the film was, how amazing it was. And so I offered to actually go next door and buy them a drink. Hmm. Now that this is the cool thing about film festivals for anyone who hasn't ever attended a film festival. This is the awesomeness of film festivals is you get access to the filmmakers right then and there. They usually stick around and answer questions after the, the movie has shown. Um, and they were so chill. They were just like, absolutely. I, I think the hook was free, free liquor. Yes. <laughs> free alcohol. Yes, 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 yes. So that's an insider tip for anyone listening. If you want to have that chance to network with the filmmakers, just offer to buy them a drink. No, but in reality, we had a great chat uh, about everything, life, uh, the, the movie, everything it was really rad. Fast forward all these months later, now they had this huge thing that we're going to get into. Um, but this is really an episode for other filmmakers out there to learn these guys' secrets about what they did to market this incredible film. And uh, I couldn't be more thrilled that all these months later, I've been able to stay connected and now they're on the show. Yeah, and uh, without giving away too much, because we were talking about, and I'm actually curious because I have not been able to see a trailer. Fellas, did you guys have a trailer that was out that I can, I can digest here and download myself? Yeah, so the film's called Augie uh, with two Gs, A-U-G-G-I-E. Um, and if it's on YouTube, it's on all the platforms, but uh, it's, uh, it's been released by Samuel Goldwyn Films. And so they cut a new version of the trailer, different from uh, the one we used at CineQuest. Um, but we're really excited and uh, it's been really fun. Which version do you like more, personally? I think it's, I think I like the Samuel Goldwyn one because it's a bit more, um, you want to attract people to watch your film, so you need to kind of hook people in. The one that we had cut uh, for the film festivals was a lot slower paced and it was quieter. Um, and they, you know, our film, is a, is a drama, but it's sci-fi as well. So the sci-fi element is a way for them to attract people who might be interested in sci-fi films to take a look at it. So they really kind of uh, focused and honed in on the sci-fi elements in the trailer they cut. So it's a bit more punchy and a bit more like, the music is a bit more dramatic and it kind of, I think gets your heart going a little faster than the one we cut. So I'm, I'm on board and I like theirs, you know, at this point. Yeah, they're, they're very different, but I would say that like, uh, what Samuel Goldman did was they really served, I think, the purpose of like drumming up the most interest in the release uh, with by cutting it in, in a more sci-fi uh, kind of slant. And real quick, so sorry for this, but uh, would you guys just mind giving a flower to our listening audience and the people watching online? Uh, your your full names, your uh, superpower, and what your roles were in the film itself. I think that'd be perfect context. 
Yeah, uh, I'm Matt Kane, uh, and we co-wrote the film together. I directed it, and uh, we produced the film together too. Uh, I'm Mark Underhill, so co-writer, producer. I also edited the film, um, and uh, yeah, together we make Thunder Kane Productions. Nice, right on. It's awesome. You know, it's um. Now, Gino and I actually have some dabbling in that because we, we both went to San Jose State University out here uh, in San Jose. And so they have this awesome radio, television, film. Uh, I think the department is the Department of Theater, Radio, T- I, I don't know, it's some TRFT, right? TV, it's Radio, RTF. Film, Theater. RTF. Cool, well, there's RTBF, right? RTF. But anyway, um, yeah, so we've, we had our chance to dabble in what it takes to kind of put a film together. There's, there's a small local well, a veritable film company at the college and they produce an independent film every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they, for them, it's easy because they have this constant, you know, flux of bodies coming in every year that they can, they can hop into. But for you guys with Thunder Cane Productions, I mean, how did you guys meet? Uh, how did Thunder Cane Productions get started? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so when I moved to LA, I, I barely knew anyone. Um, and I had met like one, maybe the one or two people when I was visiting who invited me when I moved here to come to a party. Um, you know, I just, I was 20 years old when I moved here. I just emailed the two people I'd gotten the email addresses for and said, Hey, I'm, I've moved here. I don't really know anyone. If you're ever doing anything social and feel inclined to invite me, I'd love to come. And uh, the one guy said, like, yeah, for sure, there's a, there's a little gathering at this house, come by. And I lived in the neighborhood, so I went to that party. And Mark happened to be at the party because the, one of the guys who lived at that house um, was a friend from Mark's hometown in Connecticut. So we just met almost right after I moved here. It was like within a, within a couple of weeks of being in L.A. And uh, we became very fast friends you know we started hanging out and and going on hikes and just kind of mark was only here a year so at that point he was still he didn't have a full roster of friends and he was willing to like be open to meeting new friends because you know you get you get to a new city and at a certain point or a certain age people are less inclined to kind of um welcome more people into their lives but i think we both just really connected and got along with each other straight away so it was uh it was a friendship really for how many years? Like four years. Or yeah, it was, it was just a friendship for four years. And then about four years in, we decided to start talking about story ideas. And um, we decided, you know, that we wanted to collaborate and write together and put together a short film. Um, so that's, that's where it began for us as, you know, as working partners as well as friends. Wow. Right on. How did you guys come up with the, uh, the idea for Augie? So Augie... Uh was our it's our first feature and it came out of this idea of like wanting to look at um how our relationship to technology can affect our relationship with the people around us that are actually human beings um and it kind of stemmed initially like the kernel of the idea came from my dating experience in los angeles feeling like you know there's a lot of people out here but you're using the apps to kind of figure out who um you're supposed to go on a date with Mm. and so you're always on your phone and even when you're on a date, you sometimes go to the bathroom and you get a message on your phone from someone else that you've matched with. And so you're very connected to your phone instead of the person in front of you. Wow. And so um, I also love technology and I read the tech blogs and I thought it was interesting that, you know, Facebook um, and Apple are developing like augmented reality smart glasses. And how interesting would it be if you could put the glasses on, have a romantic partner and have like commitment and love when you wanted it. And then when you want to be alone, 
and you want to get some work done on whatever you take them off. Um, and so it's kind of like an on-demand um, instant gratification relationship, mm. which, you know, for better or worse, because there obviously are problems with that kind of relationship as well <laughs> that are explored in the film. So I brought that idea of like um, an augmented reality companion to Matt, um, thinking that initially the idea would be something based on kind of like my experience, someone in like their early 30s, but um, Matt had the idea of actually aging it up and also talking about how older people um, can be affected by revolutionary technology and like succumb to its darker mm -hmm. means. And, and then, you know, be affected in an already established relationship. I think that's something we really want to look at how, how our lead character and his wife um, faced this new uh, secret addiction that he comes upon. And, and was your was your backgrounds uh, again for the uh, for the listening audience? Was your backgrounds in you know Matt yourself in directing and Mark in producing? And so there was just like this perfect match there when you guys have this idea. It's like okay, we have a cool idea, and each of us have a strength in a different depart uh, area of doing this, so we can actually go forth and put this together. Was that or organically match aligned right there? Yeah, I I, I think yes for sure. Um, we. You know, my, my, both of us come from an acting background. Um, so I had done a lot of acting in the UK as a kid. And then in the US, um, I moved here initially to act and I was working um, quite a bit and enjoying it. But I had always wanted to make films and direct films. And I've worked with so many directors over the years and learned an, an enormous amount from them. Um, and I think I was always kind of searching for the opportunity and just kind of waiting to see when it felt when my gut felt right into taking a leap forward and, and saying like I'd love to be involved and do this so before Augie the first short film that we made together Mark had written uh, an initial draft of this short and sent it to me as a friend and was like what do you think of this and I read it and I said you know I, I like it and I think it's interesting um could we potentially work on it together you know collaborate and then would you mind if I directed it I would really love to kind of get my teeth into that so that's how it started because I think we both had, um, like you're saying, you know, organically just strengths or, or uh, you know, inclinations toward a certain role in that world. Mm. Um, and it, it, it ended up kind of working really well. I think we, we have a really strong um, complementary kind of strength uh, relationship. And yeah. it's kind of continued that way, you know, for when we, when we went and did Augie, you know, we'd only made one, one real short film, one very small experimental short film and then a feature and it, was really taking a leap and trusting each other and, you know, giving each other a boost and, and making sure that we felt supported in a very sort of what can be a really scary thing to take on this enormous task and, you know, ask for a lot of money and, and mm. put a lot of people's time, you know, and, and actors and all, you know, everything that comes with it. Um, but I think a lot of it is just based in trust and, and believing in ourselves and believing in each other and kind of communicating that throughout the whole process. Absolutely. Right on. Gino, you know, did you have something you want yeah, to say? actually, uh, kind of no relation here. Do you keep marketing in the thought when writing, producing, and filming? Uh, that's been a talk I've, I've known uh, for quite a few years now where uh, some audience members, when they're watching a film, can recognize things like product placement or maybe filmed in a certain or one scene is filmed in a certain country or looks like a certain country in order to cater to a certain audience. Yeah. Or maybe some films just brilliantly can capture all audiences at once. 
<laughs> so do you keep that in mind in your films or is it completely artistic? I think you definitely hope as your, uh, I think that we only pursue ideas that we want to see and that we think uh, there are people would want to see. Um, mm -hmm. So there's definitely a sense of you have to know your audience as you're writing, right? Because um, writing a sci-fi movie is different than writing a horror movie, is different than writing a period piece dra drama. So you definitely write with um, like a little bit of audience in mind, but I think you're really writing at first and foremost uh, what serves the characters um, and their journey. Um, and then you can revise based on getting notes from like people whose job it is to think more about the business. Like if you, if you need to do something to amp up a certain part of the story for more, like a, an audience kind right. of reason. For a marketer, it is, it's a really interesting question because it's it, the marketing has, as, as Augie has done what it's done for us, you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it kind of reached the level that we weren't necessarily expecting it would, we're now in a position where we have to consider a bit more carefully how marketable our next project will be, you know, how, how likely it is we can get wow. the final. Yeah. So you, so we come up with these ideas that feel, um, you know, that we, we just come up with that, you know, we'll just start talking, you know, casually, and then we'll see where the conversation goes and we'll start tell the story and build the story together and come up with the idea. But then in the process, I think part of what we've learned over the last couple of years, which has been an enormously steep learning curve is, is how to anticipate what, um, the people who are going to help us make it financially are going to be thinking. It's wow. Really, really important. wow. That's something you're going to have to forecast, man. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Well, I was just going to comment. That was such an enlightening comment there because I can envision many young filmmakers sitting around a Starbucks or whatnot and, and, you know, having a dialogue just like you two had, like, Hey, I had this idea. What do you think about this? Like, yeah, that's incredible. I think we can run with that. I think we do that. And not even thinking, how marketable is this going to be if this if right. we go through what is it eight months a year of prep and filming and post-production and we actually get the whole thing done and would anybody fund this to really take it off right is, is that essentially kind of what you're saying that's so young filmmakers listening to this right now they hear you guys that maybe needs to be a thought that they at least put into their process right at some level Totally. And I think it, with, with, with caution too, because you don't want to just entirely think, how do I make the most commercial, commercially viable, pro you know, film or tell the most commercially viable story? It's like, it's a real balance of um, being an artist and being a, a business person, you know, entrepreneurial. Also, even with uh, Augie, like this movie where we, we ended up crowdfunding. So from our network, uh, we, we had to think about marketing from the beginning before we even when we had the script and we were asking money on um, Steven Spark, which is kind of like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, we, we asked for money for production funds on Steven Spark um, for our friends and family and uh, other people that might be interested in sci-fi movies. Um, we were the ones creating all of the artwork and all of the materials to mm. sell this idea to our network and to kind of say, hey, we're not going to waste your money with this bad movie. Like, this is a cool idea. Don't you want to be on board? And so we were Photoshopping like fake posters to get people to understand the concept of how the glasses are going to work. Um, we, so we made our own kind of marketing materials to market this film idea to our um, network. And that's how we were able to raise money for the film right. to then shoot the film. So we've been thinking about marketing for Augie um, once we had a script and once we needed to get to that next step of getting financial um, things in order, right. we started marketing it on social media um, to our friends and also on the platform, Seed and Spark. It, yeah. On that tip, 
had feedback been less than stellar and you weren't quite getting donations or people were even making comments like, eh, I don't really know if this is anything that I would even be interested in watching. Would that, would that uh, impact your decisions to actually go forward and still make it? Would it change? Oh, maybe we should let's look at this feedback. Maybe we should go back and rewrite a part of this or not even do it at all. Like, like, is that a mechanism that a young filmmaker might utilize to not only try to raise money, but also like kind of like an early litmus test, the, mm -hmm. the marketability and the viability of what they're looking to do? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think we were very lucky in that our, we believed in the idea so much and it had several of our friends who are very talented writers um, generously read the script and give feedback and for the most part encourage us and push us in the right direction. And on top of that, um, a manager at our, the management company we're now signed at officially before we were, you know, as writers, this manager just did us a favor and read it and said, you know, I really think this is good. I think you should make this. I, I think this deserves to be made. So we kind of, we had our, you know, you, you throw your thing out into the world and you don't know if people are going to say, yeah, you know, we think you should push forward with this. And mm. having that, I think having that kind of validation wasn't, I wouldn't say it was everything and every reason we made it, but it was certainly a huge um, confirmation in our confirmation. trust in ourselves. Yes. It was like, Oh good. Like we are, we are believing in something for good reason. Other people don't think we're wild and off, you know, and, and thinking that something that shouldn't be made. So I think, it's it's funny because you have to just come up with something and and throw it out there with anything it's not just with filmmaking i think you have to be vulnerable enough to say i have an idea like mm, what is mm -hmm. it, you know in business in whatever you're doing yep and you 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 start small and you kind of expand and the further you expand the more kind of thumbs up you get because you're always going to get thumbs down right but generally you're getting more thumbs up and helping the thumbs down you know kind of the, that criticism teach you how to slightly pivot and adjust and edit what you're doing um, you kind of know you're on the right track. You just kind of constantly check the edges as you move mm. forward. I think also there's like a litmus test that you do very, very early in the process, which is kind of like the elevator pitch, which um, <laughs> you can be at a party and you can be like, oh, we just came up with this idea um, or like on a hike with a friend and just be like, yeah, we're thinking about writing. You do like a 30 second pitch about what the story's about. Probably similar to what you could do for an elevator pitch for like a, a startup or something where you're trying to, you know, mm -hmm. um, and people are like, oh, that seems like something I need or, oh, that seems like a, a film I'd like to watch. And so you get, you, we don't feel like as writers, we need to keep our ideas on lock. We, I think, mm -hmm. share with our friends like, oh, we had this really funny idea. We're not even sure if it's going to be anything, but this is kind of the thing. And then our, our friends at, at parties or on walks and hikes, or whatever, they are like, kind of give you a sense of like, oh, this seems like there's something there. You know, their eyes light up when you tell part of the story. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, cool. You guys answered the age old question. How does anything ever get done in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, thank you for saying that. You know, most of the time, especially here where we are in Silicon Valley, you hear people, maybe they'll whisper an idea like to you at a bar or something, but then they go, don't tell anybody. And like, they want to hold it close yeah, to them. Everything's like, in stealth share. mode. It's the most garbage thing ever. Yeah. Like, Bring it out of stealth mode. No one's trying to copy your stuff. And even if they go, yeah, that's the, that's the next Facebook or that's the next Instagram, I'm going to copy that. They're already going to be behind you because you already have the next part of the process. Right. So I, I think that that crossover there is really cool. It really does. Yeah. The, the ability to get things like just mm. to execute on things by collaborating, I think is huge. But of course, none of this happened. You guys have reached a level where veritably a lot of, you know, indie filmmakers are going to try to reach. 
and I know this doesn't happen overnight, but if you were to give some of our listeners kind of a quick flyover how-to crash course uh, to reach that point, what would you say are kind of the main steps to go through from production to getting in front of the right people to be picked up? I think, you know, the, what was really helpful for us and a hugely important part of the process is having a sales agent. Um, and a sales agent, they're, they're, what they do is pick up movies and they, they find them either at festivals or they find them on IMDb or they kind of hear about them on, on social media, whatever. That, and that's about marketing too. That's about getting your film, the word out about your film. Um, and a sales agent then is essentially that, that first door, they, 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 they're the gatekeeper, I would say, maybe in the first, the first step to distributors and to companies and studios that can actually purchase your movie if they want to, and they can get it out to other you know, distribution companies in other countries internationally. So having a sales agent for us was really the first big step into um, feeling like we had a shot at being picked up by a studio or, or, a, product or a, a distribution company. Um, Getting a sales agent, it, there are so many of them. So a lot of indie filmmakers, if you've made a feature film that goes to a festival that is of some note, it doesn't have to be the biggest film festival. If you go to one or two film festivals, you can probably get a sales agent to represent your movie. It, you don't really know from that point who might be interested in picking it up. And that's kind of, at that, at that for that stage, it's not really in your hands as the filmmaker. You just kind of trust the sales agent. Mm. And we're very lucky that our sales agent is, is they're excellent and they have access to really amazing distribution companies. So I think for us, we were just grateful that they liked our film enough and believed in it in order to, to put it in front of the people like Samuel Goldwyn Films and, you know, other companies who might be interested. And I, I think advice for filmmakers who are just, who are, who are trying to get to that point is really make, you just have to make the film regardless of, you have to try and figure out how you might market it, but really you just have to make it and share it and see who get who's interested in it because... And trust your own, like make the film you want to make. Right, it, right. That you think that you would like because if you're trying to make something for somebody else, uh, it's going to come across as manufactured and like kind of like, uh, you know, tested. It's a tested thing. It's not, it's not an art. It's not, it's not really connecting to the story. So I think... You know, there was an amazing uh, speech that Mark Duplass gave. Um, so indie filmmakers might know his name, Mark Duplass. He's like a renowned in the independent film world. He did a speech at um, South by Southwest that was really inspiring. It's about an hour long and he talks about how you go from being in your basement, not having made anything, to becoming Mark Duplass. And he talks about making films on, uh, like on your iPhone on the weekends. You know, they're going to be bad but you watch them and you learn from your mistakes and then you do it again, you do it again. And you find friends that you want to work with who are also excited to do this with you and uh, that you trust and that they trust you. And then you have a team of people that are all working towards the same common goal. Um, and that's what happened on Augie too, is we were able to work with a bunch of friends that we had made over our eight years in Los Angeles mm. who trusted us and liked the story and wanted to like have a little sleep, well, sleep over sleep away camp, like in Connecticut where we shot for two weeks and, make something together and quick question on uh from matt what you were saying with the sales agent and stuff like that so you know kind of the uh age old debate so to speak or you read a lot about this how the creatives and the directors and, and all these but they want to stay on the purely the artistic side of stuff i'm shooting it this way for this reason 
Uh, we're big fans of that uh, show Entourage. I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but uh, <laughs> kind of kind of kind of pokes fun at that one character, uh, Billy. Billy yeah. So uh, you're talking about Final Cut. Well, no, no, I'm not getting at that. But he, you know, kind of they famously portray him as like, I'm filming it this way, whether you like it or not. You know, I'm sticking to my guns. I don't care how the studio wants to market it, all this kind of different stuff. If you're an independent filmmaker, though, even if you are really wanting to hold on to the artistic, creative side, you have to kind of challenge yourself to learn a little bit about marketing, right? This is the Ad Hero podcast where we really yeah. want this specific episode to help filmmakers out there that might maybe don't have access to as much resources. Like they are literally pen, you know, scribbled down an idea on a notepad. They cobbled some friends together. They're using iPhones and stuff like that. And they're really trying to be on the artistic side. But somebody in that camp has to kind of step up and be like, let me just try to understand how we can maybe get this out on Facebook or this and that. And we got to have some marketing elements. Would you guys, what would be, what would be the advice to, to, to speak to that where they don't feel like they're giving up that artistic side, but they're being smart about the marketing side too? I think inherently people who, who are trying to do it are artists in some regard, whether, whether they're mostly artists or uh, and part business or like a lot of business and some artists, whatever, there's, there's, there's an artist in every filmmaker, ultimately, someone who says, I want to try and make something and tell a story, mm. right? Um, so it, I would, what we did a lot of, I think is we, we trusted, or Mark trusted me that once we got on set, I would direct it in a way that I wanted to direct it. And we, and it would look, it would look a certain way, but a specific idea of how it would look with the DP. And Mark was like, yeah, I trust you to do that. And then I trusted Mark to put together a team and figure out how we were going to pull it off, basically, how we were going to get everything together. And wow. we, we did that together and kind of it essentially just passed the, you know, took turns with the steering wheel, essentially, um, until we were on set. And I think a lot of the process um, came off of just Googling, like, simple questions about how to do, how to do this, how to <laughs> go <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yeah, just go, just go online and and you can find a huge amount of information on websites like there's one called No Film School, right? And then, no Film School. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of, I would say like mar the marketing side when you're when you're just making stuff with your iPhone and you're trying to figure out how to catch people's attention with something like that. Um, I can't speak highly enough of Lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. It's, oh, it's a website. In the notes. Yeah, it's a it's a website that does video tutorials of all these different kinds of creative softwares. So I taught myself how to edit um, on Final Cut Pro on Linux.com. I taught myself how to edit um, photos on Photoshop, which I then used in the marketing materials for social media. So, and, and like, so Linda.com for me was like that kind of thing of like, if you're a self starter and you want to learn how to do something, like there are resources online for you to be able to do it. Um, and so you just got to, figure it out. It's like self-motivation. Yeah. <laughs> and what I'm, what I'm pulling out of that is whatever the young filmmaker team is, that's getting together. You, you have to be bold to say, this is my strength and this is my weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My strength, I'm going to stay in my lane and do my thing. So I need somebody else on the crew to step up and fill in that void so I can do my thing and you do your thing. Is that kind of, would you say, Matt, that's kind of what you deploy? Absolutely. It's kind of, not, yeah, knowing your limitations and not just assuming that you have the answer for everything or the best approach to everything. It's kind of wow. being, being confident 
but surrounding and, yourself with other people yeah. that are competent in their own lanes. Right. And then you trust and collaborate. The whole thing's a collaboration. So you have a strong idea and, and a sense of what the direction you're taking. But when someone else has a suggestion that makes more sense, you, you've take your guts taking you as far as this point. So then you listen to that direction, you kind of pivot and you, yes. you, you really build it together. I think it's, um, it's a really, I mean, we love doing it. I think both Mark and I, because of how collaborative the process is. And also for us as a, you know, as a small and new production company, I think we're really enjoying that we have each other, that we're not just like, I can do it all. I can figure out how to do everything. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't do all this by myself, you know? Kind of like no Steve Jobs without Steve Wozniak. Yeah. <laughs> no Woz. Right. I got a quick question. Um, well, first of all, I like the name of the movie. I think it's very marketable. How long was it, or how long was the process from start to finish of making this film, you know, when you come up with the idea and then the, in the film, as well as the marketing side of it, uh, when, when you're going to market it to, um, uh, in the film festival or when the studio markets it for you? Um, and then the follow-up question I'll have after that. All right. Um, so the whole process was, um, we came up with the very kernel of the idea, June of 2016. We had our first draft of um, the, the screenplay, Thanksgiving of 2016. And then we revised for about a year um, and a little bit, maybe yeah, about a year. And uh, we raised money September of 2017. We shot the film over two weeks in February 2018. And then we edited um, until August of 2018. Then you submit to film festivals, but it takes so long for them to watch the thousands of films that are getting submitted that you don't find out about your first festival for several months. So we had our first, we had a premiere at CineQuest in mm -hmm. March of 2019. And we um, did about six months on the festival circuit, going to various films around the country. Um, so all in all, we kind of, uh, and, and then the movie came out September 20th of this uh, 2019. So. Um, and it's still obviously being marketed occasionally on social media. And um, I think uh, Samuel Goldwyn is still doing some like as well. And so it's kind of an ongoing process now that it's out there on, you know, iTunes and Amazon and Google and Voodoo. So there's all these places to see it. And so now they're continuing to market it now that it's available. Um, but about three plus years. all in. That's actually really, really fast. You know, it, from the way I perceived it, I, I thought that was going to be a much longer timeline. I mean, yeah, I did. Uh, actually, now when it comes to marketing the movie, actually, I guess it's a little part, a few parts. But do you have say in marketing the movie, like like when it's out in like uh, on the streaming service or on a or in like a theater or wherever? Um, and then is uh, you obviously talked about the funding to make the movie do you have any say in funding the marketing of the movie like post-production right so we the first part of the question we uh we do have say in the marketing materials that the distribution company put to us they kind of send us their ideas they send us cuts of the trailer and they send us posters and they're like what, what's your opinion and we will have opinions and they say okay, cool, we agree with you on that, we don't agree with you on that, let's, let's talk on the phone about why, and mm. ultimately it's us kind of, you choose to work with a production, or with a distribution, a distribution company who you respect because you hope that they're gonna do the best job at getting out there, marketing it as they know best. You know, their, their whole 
game is is taking films and marketing them and making money from them. So you kind of choose one that you think, okay, let's fingers crossed, this is going to pay off. And then you, we don't, you do have a say in, as you're negotiating contracts about how much um, the, not necessarily the marketing budget is going to be, but like the amount of expenses are going to be. Oftentimes mm. I think marketing, you don't know with a film how, for how long it's going to be in movie theaters necessarily. So the marketing might cost a lot more than you initially anticipate. So you don't want to put a cap on how much marketing is going to cost if you're ultimately making more money based on spending more money on marketing. Mm. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's kind of open-ended. I've, I've, I mean, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've heard, at least lately, like when I say lately, like last 10 years of movies, uh, like it's, it's always, okay, this is what the budget is for this movie, but we're going to double that budget because it's, for the marketing as well, or at least for the blockbusters, I know that they do that. Yeah. Is that somewhat similar? For, for blockbusters, certainly, like movies that have a huge theatrical release where they're opening in a, a several thousand uh, theaters domestically and worldwide or something, they need to be able to have that kind of uh, a marketing budget. Our release was a little bit more tailored. So um, we only opened in New York and Los Angeles and Florida, like three cities total. Um, and then most of the marketing was going to be spent because um, we opened on iTunes and Amazon at the same time. So a lot of the marketing wasn't, as opposed to doing like ad buys in these cities, um, they were doing a lot of online stuff, but we did do um, a little bit of marketing in uh, Chicago through Ad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so d disclaimer, not everybody who ends up on the podcast is, a, is an ad symbol customer yeah, or an open display user. Day. But yeah, yeah just <laughs> thank you guys for coming through, uh, through us for cool that. Plug. We're going to take that snippet right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so la I only have one question. We're right, right about uh, time here. We, we want to be respectful of your guys' time. Uh, but the talk about for filmmakers listening, so they go through this whole the rigors of this whole process. They successfully get with the right sales agent. Sales agent hooks them up with a, a, the right company, uh, like a Samuel Goldwyn Films that picks up their film. Talk about now the transition process to the next project, right? Because at a certain point in time, I would assume you guys want to kind of put a bow tie on Augie and say, that's a great win under our belt. It's out there now. You know, IMDb credit, the whole bit. You know, people know us. People... But now people, I would assume, are already starting to say, well, what's, what's the next project that Thunder Kane's working on? What are you guys doing? And so for young filmmakers that are listening to this, and maybe they're right at that place where you guys are at, their film's about to go, and maybe they're struggling with what direction they should go next. What, what advice to kind of wrap things up would you have on, on that front? I think that, um, you know, it's really good to always kind of think as far ahead as possible in coming up with ideas as we're doing, you know, everything with Augie, we weren't just working on Augie, we were working on Augie and we were talking about what we wanted to make next. So I think just forever keeping that dialogue open and knowing that when you find something you're both interested in, jump on it and see where it goes. And, you know, that's what we've been doing. So I would say, keep, just keep the ideas cooking and keep talking about them. Um, and if possible, if you've, if you've made a film that, is in a position to, to be seen by, by you know, whoever, like whoever's gonna distribute it. I think working with um, a representative, like a manager, um, right now agents are not really available for writers, but 
managers are really helpful as far as legitimizing your, your next project by working with you. They can take the script that you're writing or the next idea and say, yeah, we, we agree. That's a good one. Let's share that idea with production companies. And that's, that's kind of the next, that's another gatekeeper that they're, they're saying, okay, we really liked what you did for your first film. Uh, we'd love to work with you. Let's, let's develop that, that professional relationship, you know, manager and client and, will take your next idea or your next script and pitch it to other production companies. And then as the filmmakers, as the writers, you go and meet with the production companies and you discuss how you might, um, what you envision for the film, what kind of budget you have in mind, what kind of budget they have available for you potentially. Um, so I think looking to work with a representative is important, but more importantly than that is just kind of getting back to basics, talking about story and figuring out what you might want to write next. Right. At, the, at Cinequest, we already had a, like a, a, almost a done script for like this next project we want to be working on. Mm. Uh, so because basically people watch your movie at the film festival and then in, there's a Q&A and they're like, this was amazing. What else can I see from you? What's next for you? And so one, That's of, those, my question. <laughs> one of those people has money and like or is connected or something, then you want to be able to deliver. You don't want to um, just be like, I'm not sure. You know, you right. want to be ready and always be hustling once. Mm. When, whenever possible, have your next idea ready to go so that you can get uh, you can grow your audience and mm -hmm. continue making things. Is there a uh, working title for your next project? It's currently called Paranoia. Nice. I'm intrigued. Teaser. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, real quick, because I just ran across it. I, I keep track of a lot of movie stuff, uh, especially the last few years. But uh, real quick, when it comes to titles, in, in your opinion, or, or maybe this is fact, I don't know, I just learned this, but is it true that titles really are just how to market the movie? Like, to me, I thought like, oh, a title like goes with the movie. Like, why wouldn't it? You know, just, you just wouldn't think about it. Uh, but no, like, it's really just about marketing the movie. And, and the reason why is because someone brought up uh, a, a, a question on like another show where a, uh, other countries, change the titles of a movie right. so that the other countries can actually like know like what the talk like for example i didn't know that one of the harry potter movies uh the the, the title was different in the uk than it is in the u.s right I didn't know the, that. Hangover, the hangover in france in france was called the very bad night or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, a Big so, Mac and a Royale so, cheese. I man. guess that's true. And I'm so sorry, I lied. I do have one one last question. I swear, that's it. I'm done. And this is because because they're usually at the beginning part of the show. We kind of glance over on this particular episode, but we usually banter a little bit to kind of kick things off. And it's usually our banter is around the comic book universe, and even more specifically, Marvel, Marvel movies, things like that. Just because we're all fans. And I read this thing uh, that Martin Scorsese recently, I think it was him, recently came out and said, Marvel, move, like these kind of movies, they're not, they're not, it's cinema. It's, it's not cinema. cinema. It's not authentic film anymore. Yeah. And then Francis Ford Coppola came out. Yeah. And kind of back, back to yeah. statement on that. And because we have actual real working directors and producers here on the show, first time that that's happened. Yeah. I wanted to get your guys hot take. Big, big you know, uh, uh, CGI back thing with all this kind of stuff versus, you know, something else that's out there. Do you, do you guys agree or disagree with Scorsese's assessment of that? Cinema. I think, I mean, look, I enjoy those films too. And I think they're entertaining and I think they're really well made. I loved um, Endgame. I like that some of the, some yes. of the films I love, 
And <laughs> I think as long as there is space for other people's films to be seen, not only made, because it's, it's really hard to make a film, but then to get a film out there is really hard too. And I think as long as smaller films still have um, a platform to be seen, whether that's on the streaming services or it's a small theatrical release or whatever. And most people watch things on the app from home now anyway, but as long as Netflix and, and, and you know, Amazon and Apple and all these companies are going to support people making films that aren't only in the Marvel universe, then I never will have a problem with it. I think it's when they dominate and crush the idea that anyone else can make a film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you, Mark, you have your hot take on that? Same. Uh, I might. Yeah, I think, I think it's cinema for sure. I do think, um, you know, cinema is an umbrella and there's all different kinds of cinema and people go to cinema to like the cinemas for different reasons. Some people yes. go for Endgame. Some people go for, um, you know, uh, Phantom Thread. Um, so there's very different movies for everyone. Um, I cried in Endgame. I loved it. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I was the one guy in the theater who like, it, it's been long enough now. When they caught up with Thanos and, and did what they did to him, and it's like silence, I was one guy who was like, yeah! And I had to like... <laughs> well, you know what's interesting, and, and because maybe this uh, reflects because your guys' film is sci-fi, only 4%, I think, of last year of the of the movie theaters uh, or, or the movies in the movie theaters were actually like sci-fi or like adventure, like, like you know, the, like in-game mm. or whatever. All the rest were all this other, like, you know, all these other genres. Mm. So, I mean, look, Scorsese, uh, 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 Coppola, like movie gods, right? But I, I honestly think, I, I, I think, and granted, Scorsese did walk his uh, words back. But mm. I honestly think, so like, you know, it was because his, he was getting turned down by all these other studios for his film. And I hear Netflix picks it up, you know, for The Irishman. I mean, I, I, that's just what it seems like to me. Nah. I think they also represent in a different era. Yeah, it's a different people put generation, down there, right? Put, you yeah, know, hell, yeah, too many gangster yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm on board with what you guys said. Yeah. And we kept you for super long. Yeah, so to, to wrap it up. Yeah, to wrap it up, I have just three quick questions for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's very, very and quick. Gino's gonna be like, I only have five more. <laughs> I, I mean, the last three questions. We very, love movies. Very quick. I, I wanted to ask you, one, what genre uh, can we expect Paranoia to be? Uh, secondly, uh, where, if anyone has missed it, can they catch Augie? And uh, third, how best to catch up with you guys? Right, so Paranoia um, is a, it's a psychological drama thriller. Um, then the second question You can was, catch Augie at yeah. um, augiemovie.com, A-U-G-G-I-E movie.com. There's a little button right when you go to that website that says watch, and you can do it on iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, Google Play. Uh, YouTube even, I think you can rent it or buy it, so. Yeah, and then uh, mm -hmm. social media for it is also, it's at Augie Movie. Um, and our social medias are at Matt Kane UK and at Mark Underhill, Mark with a C. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes. Yeah, uh, you guys are awesome. We're, we're, we want to try one last, uh, fun, <laughs> we, we haven't done this with anybody. This is the first time we're going to beta test this right now. But right. just to wrap it up, we want to turn a little, a little a snippet here to kind of tease the audience. Can, so can you just say your names and say, we are ad heroes? Cool. Sure. My name is Matt Kane. I'm Mark Underhill. And we, we are, are ad heroes. Yeah! <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. It's one of my favorite, oh, one of my favorite episodes right here. Yeah, you guys, it's been an absolute blast hanging out with you yeah. guys. We need more movie episodes. We do. We need more, yeah. This just validated it.
Yeah, thank you guys. Thank this you so awesome. much. Thanks a lot, you guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Next film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So, yeah, so everybody listening, and uh, for those watching. watching live, uh, this is your host, Aaron Rivers, along with Matthew Olivieri, Gino Giovanni. You're at Heroes, signing off. We're out. You've been listening to another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend family member, or a weird co-worker down the hallway. If you want to get in touch with us, we're easy to find on social media at handle adsemble. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E. You can also send us an email at adheropodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>